There will always be torches and pitchforks for ladies like us, one. Boys, handle the military. Mommy will be right back. Marvel Cinematic Universe, Phase 4, WandaVision, series finale. You a fan of Steven Seagal? (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody, this is WandaVision finale spoilers podcast. I think we got a great episode coming at you. We're going to maybe have a little bit of a weird format. We may have some people giving their yes or no's that may not even be on the pod, but... Let's get it started. Let's get some introductions quickly. And Brett, I want you to go first because I actually prepped you with this question and then Stevie and Pappy can follow. But who are you? Where are you recording from? And did WandaVision ever get to you emotionally? Did you ever feel like crying? And if not, what's a recent piece of media that brought you to that point? Uh, This is Brett uh, recording out of Fort Wayne. Um, I'm not really a crier, so... Uh, I don't think I've ever like cried at a movie. So what? I I know you guys blubber all the time. That's fine. Uh, I get more emotional as I get older. Um, blubber. Josh, nothing what? in this show did. I will tell you, though, that a couple of the things that happened in this last episode definitely checked my boxes for me being kind of overwhelmed with something. Uh, God, I'll pick a cool scene from a bad movie that almost made me... Uh, God, this is going to sound so dumb. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, when uh, Phoenix finally comes out at the end and she's like just like so powerful, that made me like, that's the kind of stuff that gets me, like the end of Rudy, that kind of stuff. But I don't cry. What I tell, what I call it is almost, almost crying. Tough guy. <laughs> almost crying Brett. It's so funny because there couldn't be any character that's like different more different than rudy and phoenix in my mind but pep or no stevie i think going east to west you're next okay this is stevie recording from elkhart and did wanda ever get to me Um, yeah any in the series or just the finale in general I thought the finale was the most emotional, but you could go anywhere. Just take take this question wherever you want, Stevie. Um, one thing I did like that I guess you could say I identified with and hit me to somewhat of emotional core, as I'm sure this was brought up in previous episodes, uh, was when Agatha was kind of taking her through her trauma, and she went to like back to like her childhood apartment with her brother, sister, mom, and dad. Um, before getting bombed. I really liked that. But in the finale, um, I guess just the overall tone of Wanda having a really tough time of letting go of Vision and the twins got to me a little bit, especially when she was having to say goodbye to him. Stevie, you are a regular, nay, creator of spoilers, but this is your first WandaVision episode. It is. Good to have you. I'm excited to be on. And just to counter (laughs) uh, Brett's point, I cry at like every movie. So, I mean, it's not hard. Like, I mean, like ever since I've honestly like become a dad, I cry at everything now. So same. That's what my brother said when he became a parent. Yeah. It's, 
It's fun. <laughs> this is Josh from Goshen. I, I was feeling it a little bit in WandaVision, like that scene where they're all holding hands, kind of like walking up the steps at the end. And when they're putting the twins like good night for the last time, like, that's pretty heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. I think I had a like a half tear when I saw Storks in theaters recently. It may have more to do with like <laughs> what? seeing the family in a theater. The movie is just like that really like classic like recipe, like try to kind of copy off Pixar to get tears, but it like, it's just a half. It's what I call almost crying, guys. It's almost crying. Future spoilers pick Storks. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost, almost cry, not almost cry. Uh, Pappy, all the way from Louisville, Colorado. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess I'm like Stevie. I do tend to cry more at stuff, but you know, it's not like connections between characters that make me cry. It's not like emotional goodbyes between characters we've grown to love or like empathizing with their emotions. I cry at things like Luke Skywalker showing up and finally getting to see him be a badass in the Mandalorian. That's what I, that's what makes me cry. So this is, this is a lot lamer than that. Uh, you know, real emotion and storytelling. Why, why tell stories when you can have cameos? That's what I always say. Why tell stories when you can have cameos instead? You just like cry tears while you're getting in Twitter fights about, TL. No, it's just so awesome to see Luke Skywalker. Oh my god, finally, the green lightsaber. Pappy cries to Luke Skywalker and great-grandsons singing uh singing and playing guitar to their great-grandmothers. I guess I did cry because Mephisto and the X-Men and Michael Fassbender and Doctor Strange didn't show up like the YouTubes promised me. That made me a little bit upset. Mm. Pappy, give us a true answer. When uh, just like thinking of movies you've cried during, when's the last time you can remember like a good hard one? I just want to know. Oh, I got okay. Yeah, the first time I cried on a plane, or the only time I've ever cried on a plane watching a movie was Room uh, with Brie Larson. Like, I just could I couldn't not cry, and I was like probably pretty drunk and like had been on the plane for a while. So, and that one got to me. Uh, last time I cried in a theater. Uh, first time I cried in the theater was with Stevie uh, Coco bawled my fucking eyes everyone out. Got, was bawling their eyes oh, out like yeah. it was my family plus Stevie <laughs> and Lauren and we all just sat there in the credits like not moving trying to compose ourselves for like 10 minutes that's supposed to be is that supposed to be sad or uh, sorry Brett I, you know what I'd rather blubber at movies and be able to watch spiders than the other way around <laughs> same 100% dude are you kidding me sorry for being in touch with my emotions but the, the last thing that got me I'm just isn't this might be a dead end of the conversation, but uh, Schindler's List. Oh, holy fuck. I know some people like think the ending is cheesy, but I, it was like a re-screening of the movie theater. And again, I was probably a little bit drunk going to see Schindler's List, which is bad j- vibes of Jerry Seinfeld there. But like at the end, when you see like all of the people in the family, I was like bawling. And then I got out of the movie theater and literally no one else was crying at all. Like so I was just like red faced and teary and everyone else was just like <laughs> going about their day in the mall. <laughs> I felt like such a jackass. But, so yeah, I, I, I cry for real at something. I also asked Kylo Corey the same question because we miss Kylo. Wish he could be on tonight, but he cannot. He's doing some big dumb movie stuff. Uh, that's his podcast. But anyway, he said that he didn't have an interesting answer for this opening question because he hasn't cried in years so he's kind of like a big tough guy like you Brett. That's my boy hasn't cried in years at all first of all i almost cry i almost almost cry all the time watching youtube videos and stuff that britney thinks are super lame but 
like the military like, reunions or like dog reunions. Yeah, yeah, somewhat, somewhat a little bit of that, but like <laughs> dogs returning. I like the people that are colorblind that get the those chroma glasses. I like. I love adult adoptions. Brittany said it's super lame and super fake. So if you've been adopted as an adult, my wife hates you. Oh my! Um, oh my God! I heard Brittany in the yeah, background laughing. Too. Yeah, she's not disputing it. Can I give a quick YouTube video shout out, Stevie? I think you would love this. There are these videos that are just there's this like it's at roller coaster ride theme parks. It's called the Slingshot. I love those videos. Shoot, a lot of times a person just passes out. When the person to- passes out is. <laughs> Like, it's a great feeling of schadenfreude. I mean, honestly, would I probably be screaming and pass out too? Yeah, but watching other people do it, it's, I mean, it it tickles me a little bit. I I enjoy those. I'm so happy to hear this. People are like, did did we click on the right episode? Isn't this WandaVision? Since we're on a total sidebar, I had a summer job one time where I was just like a temp worker. So I would just do like, you know, the lowliest of work, like picking up trash, like, wiping down like cars or something but one of the fucking jobs was building carny rides at the saint joe county fair like i literally put in the pins that held up the ferris wheel cartridges and like <laughs> like tied down part of like the the tilt-a-whirl like and when if you saw the other people who were doing that you'd be like me and never ride that shit again like those people have no idea what they're doing it's terrifying what is this slingshot like where is it at where'd you say it was it's like uh, you're, there's one in Vegas. You're both strapped in a seat, you know, like the Raptor no, at Cedar. No, Plank. I'm watching it. I just like where is it? like the girl on the left is so excited, oh. and the girl on the right is as scared as anybody. She's screaming, she's crying, and it hasn't even started yet. You pay you pay a lot of money to go on those. That is part of the trope. One of the persons is always like the stalwart, like smooth, calming the other person down, and the other person's oh like. <laughs> Going I'm gonna nuts. die! Stop I'm gonna the ride! Die. Like before they even start. <laughs> like I would rather. Oh my gosh, she is so passed out. I would rather jump out of a plane at thirty thousand feet than ride that ride. <laughs> Not me. Like, if I was with Bodie, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that ride just terrifies me. But one last thing. Last thing, I, I kind of got really teary eyed on. Pap, we're rooting for it for the Oscars. Husavik. Norway's pushing oh, hard yeah. campaign for Husavik. Iceland. Iceland. Or Iceland, yeah. Iceland, my bad. The song from the Will Ferrell movie Eurovision, the main song, might have an Oscar outside chance. I don't know. I think it was just because it was at the start of the pandemic, but yeah, when that song came on, got pretty teary-eyed. She's singing in Icelandic. (laughs) Greatest line of all time. Guys, I think we might do this episode just live to tape, like no editing. Let's just keep rolling. Let's, let's just do this in five parts. Let's keep another round of intro questions. This is good. It is good, but we should probably start. You want to talk about WandaVision? Well, first of all, Brett, I saw you gave WandaVision five stars. Do you think WandaVision is like as good as The Godfather? Like, is that... Oh, don't what, what start you, with that. Don't do that. I don't know. I, is that what you mean? I, don't, I really don't know what you mean by that. Like, I said it was a no... Like, I didn't read your review because I saw it before I watched. I All wanna... I said was uh, my my review said uh, five star no no brainer or no something like that. I mean, with the the way it was shot, the unique storyline, all that stuff. That sets of that's five stars in my opinion, without a doubt. The last episode helped a lot though because I thought it was like really awesome. But dude, that, 
I have so many things that are five stars that are nowhere near as good as The Godfather. It's just, yeah, it's a really unfair question to ask because <laughs> you would still rank your five star things. You know right, what I mean? and so I've, not, I've yeah. seen some people like do like literally like six stars. Some movies, I think we've talked mm. about it before, like a one percent of that top ten percent. But no, it's not as good as The Godfather. But uh, <laughs> it's less sad. I, I don't know. It's whatever. Uh, Steve, you called me earlier and you said this show is like exactly what it's trying to be, and so in that sense, it is kind of five star right it pulls off exactly what it wants to wants to i do. would give season one five stars no doubt um i see a lot of complaints in the worst place in the world which is film twitter um it's mm. literally where good ideas go to die and people who shouldn't have a voice have a platform but <laughs> like follow us at spoilers podcast please do because i mean i always see these things of like you know it's not as good as the movies or i don't like the way it looks it's trying to be a tv show it's trying to be a tv show and that's what i loved about this season it never tried to get overly cinematic it looked like a tv show the entire time i mean christ more than half the episodes or nearly all the episodes were a certain decade of a sitcom for crying out loud i liked how it was trying to be a tv show the entire time you said season one, but this is like a one-off show, correct? This episode we're so. covering is called the series finale. So, right. So, could they bring Wandavision back in the future? I think so. I think Maybe, they could. Yeah, take a year or two off and just do movies and come back to it. That'd be a pretty yeah. smart move, probably. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. You'd have to either go into the format again, which would be kind of tired, or totally abandon it, which would also not be Wandavision. Or dive right in, go four seasons straight of black and white. I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's just the I Love Lucy show. <laughs> that or Bewitched. One of the two. A laugh track. Well, this episode starts off like right where the last episode ended. The twins are being held by Agatha Harkness like around twins? their necks. Stevie, just high level. I texted you earlier today because I think we were the first ones to have finished the episode. I said that when White Vision and Agatha square up against Wanda and Real Vision, it's basically, to me, as good as comics can be translated to the screen. Like, this is the moment where they fight. I think it bleeds into, like, the two Visions punching each other and their fists, like, going in, phasing in, phasing out. They're, like, going in and out of the ground. Like, yeah, is all that stuff just, like, peak comics to screen, or am I going nuts here? I think, I think you're honest. I think it is Peaks, uh, peak comics to screen. I love the way it looks. Um, <laughs> I hate to bring up DC, but the two visions fighting really reminded me of the good parts of Man of Steel. Just the way mm-hmm, the yeah. camera worked, the way the visions moved, reminded me a lot of Superman. Um, I love these parts. I loved Agatha Harkness and uh, Wanda squaring off. But to me... The real, if you want to get to like what the best action is, I thought of uh, this episode. It was definitely the two visions going toe to toe. The way it flowed, uh, I guess you could say the CGI, like you said, uh, them like visioning in and out of each other looked so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get a real sense for like how powerful vision yes. is, right? More so than any other thing I've ever seen him in. Like his ability to, I, I don't even know what you'd call it, become 
like translucent, like pass throughable. Like that's that's pretty OP. And then to see, and the only one person who could find a vision would be a vision. So it's fucking really cool to see. I'm with you, Josh. Like top tier. And I liked how the magic. I was really worried after like the last episode that the magic, like Corey alluded to, would just be red versus purple. You know what I mean? <laughs> Beams fighting through the sky. Like I thought the magic was really clever in the way that the magic battle unfolded. I'm more of like a set something up for the future. There were two scenes in this episode that I thought were like grade A, like all timers for me. And one of them, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But the, the conversation between the visions in like the little town hall meeting, I thought was like awesome. It's only like a minute and a half, two minutes long where they're going over the, the, the ship and that I've heard that argument before. The uh, ship of Theseus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just them kind of going back and feel like they basically like work on a little truce timeout to like logically it's like Spock trying to logic uh, another Spock. Like it was just yes. really cool. Um, and I didn't even watch Star Trek, but I just know like the other person while his mission is to kill this person, he, I mean, he loves logic and stuff above everything else. And like, it just gives them a puzzle they work through. I thought that was like fantastic. And then the scene at the end, I think. We'll wait, get Brett. To that is wait a second. Amazing. Can, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Well, wait on that last scene. But also, I wanted I to I wanted to comment on the scene you just were mentioning. Yep. When the white vision, like the very first moment, he lets down his guard and he's like, "Well, I request elaboration." Or yeah. His line or <laughs> something like that. Well, I don't want to skip over the ship thing. No. Stevie, that's a Stevie question. They use that in another show. I'm trying to think of what it is. Go ahead. What's the ship? Is, is it a ship? Well, okay. So the premise is, right, if you take out a board of the ship and replace it with another board, that's one question. Stevie, do you still consider it the same ship after all that? <sighs> You've replaced all the parts. If you replaced all the parts on the ship, is it still the same ship? I mean. One at a time. They kind of answered the question, though, at the end. They they, said it's not, right? Well, no, they said that it is and it isn't. Yeah. It is the same ship and it isn't the same ship, just like the wood that was taken off originally is the same wood and not the same wood. I'm not asking what Vision thinks. I'm asking what Stevie thinks. Which Vision, though, are you talking about? Neither. I'm talking about what Stevie (laughs) thinks about the ship. If you took a ship and replaced all the parts, is it still the same ship? If I were to use, I guess, my own moronic logic, I would say no, it's not the same ship. I, I mean, that's just like, you know, you're your opinion. Opinion. I'm just kidding. That's, I'm just kidding. I think it's the point of this is like, it's like the Schrodinger's cat thing. It's kind of like what it is to me. It's like, I don't know, somewhat like Schrodinger's cat. I don't want to get too <laughs> Me, crazy. sir, my, sir. At what point is Notre Dame Stadium not Notre Dame Stadium anymore? They replaced the bleachers. They got a new, uh, like, press box tv like board they have new press boxes the field they have turf. a bar for vips only yeah the field's turf now like at what it's in the same spot i guess well i yeah. mean the crowd is still deadly silent so i would say it's still Notre Dame Stadium <laughs> because you're not allowed to cheer or stand up so still Notre Dame this Stadium. Is good this is good stuff i kind of think it it is the same ship right like because otherwise, we would say that if we took out one board and replaced it, would anyone say that it's not the same ship at that point? One board. I wouldn't. It, 
So we're all saying it is the same ship if you replace one board. It right? depends. Do you go in there like a jackhammer and it's changed? <laughs> no, I'm saying you same. carefully you carefully remove one board from the captain's quarters okay. and you replace okay. it. It's, okay. So now so that means with that logic, we're all saying that there's some threshold of boards that needs to be crossed, and at that point it stops being the ship. Which I don't think either any one 50%. of us could like, define. Fifty percent okay. Fifty percent. I mean yeah, I mean this is by definition, it's a paradox, which... Uh, <laughs> but by definition, this is a podcast, Brett. We're supposed to discuss things. No, I know, but I'm podcast. saying that's the point. You could discuss, what are you talking about? You could discuss a paradox forever. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, every, there's no right and there's no wrong answer. Dave Wheelrout has nine-hour episodes. Can we not have that in our lives? I'd rather not. I'm, God, you guys are miss... This episode is great. I'm having a great time. <laughs> This is a fun episode. Josh, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you've read Watchmen, correct? Yeah. Okay. He watches so them. You and I had this discussion <laughs> earlier. Where do you think White Vision went? Oh, after gosh. he was given the memories of our Vision uh, okay. to come to life. <laughs> this is find out. This is maybe the best question from the episode, and. I love it. We all know Kylo Corey lives on the West Coast, so he stays up till 3 a.m. our time, watches the episode. So 8 a.m. this morning, after I had watched the episode, I texted him, and my text was just, where be white vision? (laughs) (laughs) And like three hours later, he just wrote back, he flew directly into the next movie. And I think that's a pretty good (laughs) answer. I like Um, that. Yeah. Stevie, you said he went to like observe mankind. I like that sort of Ozzy Mantis Watchmen sort of like. I, I mean, he's going to gain knowledge. Idea I'm such too. a Watchmen fan. That's what I, I I think he just kind of Doctor Manhattan it. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's what I took from it. He could have gone anywhere, but if I were to just from things I've read over the years, I would say go to observe mankind and see how they function outside of being a weapon. Now, this conversation between the two visions did start with White Vision saying, my prime directive is to destroy Vision. And then Vision goes ahead and persuades him and also like kind of makes him actual Vision by like passing on his brain waves mm-hmm. or something. So I think there's like a camp out there that could say that White Vision just went and nuked himself in space or something, right? What if he's he- new Vision? What if he's our mm. vision again? Does he love Wanda? Like, do you think? Does he still want to crush her skull? I mean, he was <laughs> given all the memories, though. Yeah. So I, I would say he's, I would say by definition, he's probably our vision again. Then why didn't the red vision, like, talk to Wanda about this new, like, he just doesn't want them to end up together? <laughs> <laughs> Jealous Vision? <laughs> Why didn't WandaVision make a WandaVision, but just do it in, like, a house? Instead of a giant yeah. city? Why did she have to Instead torture making, people? Instead of enslaving yeah. 2,000 people? Yeah. One step too far. Like, you have the lot, even. It's not even stealing. You can just make the house there. I, that's a good question. Like, honestly, Brett, why do you think... Did, did you ever feel like that was an option, or is that just, like, greed? No, I never thought about that until Pappy brought it up, but I, I don't know. I think she just wanted the whole thing, or she didn't think about it. That was, like, her uncontrolled chaos magic or whatever. 
I don't know. I guess she could have tried she's, it at the end. We're supposed to think that she's not like a pure good guy, obviously, right? Like we're supposed to be kind of she's not lawful good aligned, right? There's a lot of retribution in this episode, I would say though. It she never like she goes up to Captain Rambo and she's like, I'm sorry for all the pain I'm caused as she walks by all of the people that she caused pain to. <laughs> like she doesn't ever apologize to them. Like maybe just turn around and like say sorry. I don't know. Nah. Walk off from the sun sunset like a little mean person. I don't know. But I, I don't I'm not saying I have a problem. I'm not even saying it's like a plot hole or anything. I'm just like getting like a vibe, especially with that last shot where she's like reading the book of the dead or something. This is gonna be a character who plays a little bit more morally ambiguous, a little bit more self-serving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back to spoilers format and just kind of moving through the plot a little bit, try to we'll try to go beginning to end somewhat here on this pod. We get a quick scene with um, Captain Rambo, and she's imprisoned in Pietro's man cave. Uh <laughs> So Pappy, what, the boner you, layer, man. Yeah, how? Yeah, I would say let's <laughs> let's just move from beginning, middle, and end through through this whole boner layer. What what happened? <laughs> so funny. So the first time he like kind of kicks her ass, right? Like he just kind of pushes her down or whatever. It's like a flick. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, it's a total it's a total man cave. Uh, I've lived in apartments that kind of look similar to that, down to the like Gatorade bottles full of water uh, that have been refilled up. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, he's a big fan of Steven Seagal. Um, yeah, and his name's Boner, and he laughs at the name Boner, which is pretty <laughs> funny too. Dude, that made me laugh when it happened, and every time I think about it, it makes me laugh. So if you hear me laughing on this, it's because I'm thinking of that. <laughs> Just when he has like that total Beavis and Butthead moment, like <laughs> boner, <laughs> boner, <laughs> definitely <laughs> boner. I but I mean, even up into the last episode, Josh, you were saying, well, Pappy, there's still time. You could be an X Men. You never know. You might be one of the X Men. Like, were you disappointed at all that he's just just a dude, Josh? Uh, only in that I love Evan Peters as Pietro in this role. Man, he's so good. And I want, yeah, to that's s- like the- <laughs> I want to see more. <laughs> that's like the I regret saying that it was like purely troll casting last week. I think it was definitely partially troll casting to generate discourse, but like troll. he's fucking good in it. Like, yeah, troll. He's so troll. fun to watch. I love when he's playing guitar and like who who's the guy who plays guitar in Boogie Nights? Uh John C. Riley. Him and oh, like yeah. him and Mark Wahlberg are playing a guitar song and he's playing like a really tight guitar riff and like playing really well. But I just love that Evan Peters is like playing off key and like the guitar is like kind of half tuned when he hits a chord. It just fits his personality like perfectly kind of stonery and stoner. Not good at the guitar, but loves to just like sit around and pick around at it or something. <laughs> yeah, that's great. He's he was great. Boner. How did uh, uh, Rambo get out of his clutches then, Brett? Oh man, I'm drawing a blank. I was thinking about her getting shot, but that was later. Um, she finds his rosary beads. Oh yeah, she pulls the rosary. How did she get up there? I, I can't. I, I'm drawing a blank you on how she things got would have been to... like better protected. I don't understand how Pietro like flicks her and it just like completely destroys her, and he's super fast and just he's out. Got, like the speed force, I guess. I yeah, he, do that in Flash. He but... Barry Sanders her, but then later she like wrestles him to the ground. Yeah, no, for sure. She shouldn't have probably been able to do that, but you know, it's in the script. She shows her quality. 
Had to yeah. say it once. I like her as a hero. I think she's pretty cool. Like I like her like bullet time shit. I like how she was able to like pass pass bullets through her. Uh, I thought she had a cool presence on screen. I'm I'm into it. Would you be cool with uh, Rambo getting her own show? I I don't know. I mean I don't. I'm all in on that. I think it would be great. She's obviously going somewhere cool. The Marvel like docket is so daunting, though. Like, are we gonna do a podcast for Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yes. We should probably decide that on podcast. Only if it's really good or if it really sucks. <laughs> the fact that Kurt Russell's offspring is the main villain, yeah. We'll, we'll be Ooh. doing pods. Pods will fly. <laughs> I have one problem with Captain Ra- Rambo, though. Not enough quality? It's, not enough Sylvester Stallone? N- n- um, both valid criticisms, but not the one that I have. Um <laughs> I just wish that like she didn't give Wanda such a pass at the end, especially after she said it's all Wanda. Like I understand that she's apparently you know extremely sympathetic to the Avengers, but man, she just lets Wanda walk past her, and she's like, a, she understands she, though. She said well, that she understands. She said why, but I, I, but okay, she's like, if I was in power, I'd do bad shit too. That's the fucking moral of the story. Like the, the story is saying, it's okay. You can give a pass to people in power when they do bad things because if you had power, you might do that too. That's fucking weird. That's the reason, right? Empathy is that a is that a good reason? Well, Pab- no, no. Excusing people in power doing horrible things just because we don't have that temptation, <laughs> we should forgive them. <laughs> But she's That's like, literally what the show says. That's literally what I she says. I don't think it's what it says in so many words. It's literally I what she says. I think the grief like, got to her and she went temporarily She said, insane. I would do the same thing if I were you with my mom, meaning that it's okay that you held a whole town of people hostage and tortured them because you could do it. Who, are, who am I to judge? I can't do that. That's insane. That's an insane plot point. Didn't she convince herself that she was doing them a favor, keeping them safe? That doesn't. So many bad guys think they're doing the right, the good thing. Right. In the uh, show. Yeah. That doesn't excuse it. But are they hot? It means they're human. <laughs> oh gosh. I think that's a fucking insane plot point. Am I, Stevie? Do you not? You don't agree? I like, don't agree. It's, no, it's okay I to think. Do- what's fun about Wanda and Rambo is they're not like perfect people, and I think. Two people that are extremely far apart from one another. Wait, wait, wait. Brett's got something going on. Yeah, Brett, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I, I, I just finished my Hooba stank. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my <Sorry>. gosh. Jesus. <laughs> not a perfect person. <laughs> what is happening? I was trying to do it quietly so you could talk while I was singing in the background. But I guess that didn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not mean... Oh No, I was just saying, I, I think that those two characters are human with human qualities. I mean, Christ, if I lost my wife and I had the opportunity to bring her back but I had to enslave a town to do it, I'd do it. Just so I could see my wife again. But I, again, Pappy's, Pappy's saying he understands that, but he's saying you'd be a bad person. Then I'd be a bad person then. Right, That's I think that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Pap- that's literally true. Yeah, if you torture yeah. people, like... 
and not accept death as the whole theme of the show is grief. Like, and again, I have no problem with Wanda, the character doing it. I just think it's a little weird that Captain Rambo's like, walk on by, ma'am. No problem. You just tortured this town full of people. I'm not a representative of the government in any way. Like, well, that's what's, crazy. What's Rambo going to do that are the most powerful Avenger there is? Maybe just be like, hey, you should apologize to them and not me. <laughs> she could have said, Wanda, I get it, but you're wrong for that. Say yeah, you're sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or I don't know. I agree with Stevie, though. I think there's some pragmatism here. Like, Rambo isn't going to stop Wanda from, like, flying off. Like, that's out of the question. She just saw her whip everyone's ass. But, like, maybe she's trying to put some... Maybe she's a Christ character, just trying to put some love into Wanda Mm. as she... As she takes off, you know? Just trying to give her a spark that could light a fire Mm. that could light a rebellion. I really wonder why she let her wander off. (laughs) I love Bringing it back. I love those jokes. <laughs> Brittany is shaking your head, so that one missed. The one missed on that side of the room. We do get a pretty cool dose of the townspeople as Agatha, during her fight with Wanda, starts kind of like waking people up one by one. Do you guys like that? I mean, we get kind of like a recap of all our favorite townsfolk, right? It was a little. Are they in the upside down? We, we, we made you. We made you. There's a little bit of that maximum overdrive, everybody. This is going to come out before that does. So Who no made who? You yeah. made him. <laughs> Great episode coming down the pipe. Go ahead, Steve. No, Sorry. but I mean, are these townsfolk, are they pretty much in the upside down the entire time? Like, are they aware? They, they say they are. So they, are they just watching they a projection be. of what's happening while like floating in space pretty much? Stevie, have you not listened to her first? No, no not at four all. Episodes, five episodes. I watched all the episodes in one day, man. Oh man, I don't know if we really tackled this that directly, Brett. Yeah, a little bit, like with the tear and stuff, and the guy saying that he's like in pain or whatever. But I guess we don't really know. I'd say the upside down is probably a pretty good. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes, it's like uh, that woman on the edge of town, Stevie. That's like rehanging the same thing on the clothesline over and over. Probably yeah, the tear yeah. Coming down okay, yeah, that makes sense. I just. When she was like waking everybody up and they're like, they didn't know where they were, but they were very aware of what was happening. I just pictured like they're floating in space and watching a projection of what Wanda's wanting them to say. They're not just aware, they uh, like can miss their family members. You know what I mean? That one woman's like talking about how much she misses her son mm-hmm. in the other yeah. room. And they also have like a sense of time too, because that w- the other woman is like, you know, please tell my husband on the outside that I love him and never to come here. It's been like four weeks or whatever. So. I think that I think the dotty part was really good writing, and I think that last part was good. Like maybe a little it, stuff in between is a little too too much of the you know we made you or who made you. <laughs> I thought the dotty I thought that the pain from dotty was like resonated with me. So I don't want to backtrack, but, but like Stevie, I really don't think you would do this to people. I really don't think you would torture people. Even if it meant like bringing back like someone that you love. Did she know though? You're not, you're not supposed to want to. Did she Did, know what it, just, what she was doing? Isn't that part of it? But is that an excuse? Like, I'm just saying, Steve. I don't think you're a torturer. I didn't mean to derail the pod. I I have a lot of no, respect. No, I think for you me. would be if you did that, though. I mean, I think here's you're the right. bigger question: If Stevie did do it, Pappy, are you gonna try to like get him to go to federal? No, I'm fucking ride or die with Steve. I'd help him bury the, a body, okay, dude. Hey, that's Rambo with Wanda. I would take over Town to Resurrect You just to call you once a day. 
That's very sweet of you. And like I said, I would I would definitely cover up for you. I'd let you sneak away in the <laughs> night, but I don't get the sense that like I just wish Captain Rambo and Wanda had some kind of relationship to explain that past that was given. Like I don't I don't know. Sorry, I, I didn't I just, mean to derail. All I think that the show was trying to say was like, yeah, what she did was wrong, but we also have another character that would have done the same thing she did in a heartbeat. As evil as it may that have been. Sense. And also I don't think it ever clearly stated Wanda knew that she was actually torturing people. Probably not until this point, because she's like arguing with them, right? I think yeah. she she looked yeah. heartbroken when she realized what was going on. Well, Vision said something to her uh, when they were arguing earlier in a previous episode. Of in denial, she was right. Well, she was yeah, gonna like that. she was gonna immediately drop the shield once she found out that she was torturing them until Vision and her kids yes. show up. That's the only reason she doesn't. Which brings us to a great point because someone, one of the townsfolk said like, yeah, my husband's on a business trip. So that makes it sound like he's been gone for a couple of weeks. WandaVision is like a show. So like what one it's been like, yeah, a couple of weeks time here. Do you buy like the ultimate attachment to them as her kids knowing it's only been a few days, a few weeks, but yes, yes, so hard, yes, uh, yeah, me too. So why? But why though? Corey, Kylo, this is like one of his big points. Like, what the hell, Wanda? Like, you just created these kids like two days ago. You're not a mom, but like they're hers. Yeah, for me, it's really touching. Like, I think. Go ahead, Pat. I think part of it is how much like we've seen Wanda and Vision together as well or, or together like being a family and forming a family i think that has a lot to do with it just over the course of a few episodes like it feels like it's been like an epic amount of time right because there's been so many shifts but i just i think i just like super families too like there's that one shot where they're like i don't think we've prepared you for this and it's not that it looks like the incredibles but it kind of reminded me of the incredibles just like the super family fighting together like i love that shit I don't know, Stevie. What they would do? Incredible. So Kylo didn't like the fact that <clears throat> she she only carried them for like a couple hours. Like he just didn't believe that she cared about him that much because she barely knew him. Yeah, like it's a superficial, almost like oh, they're new puppy rather than they're like flesh and blood children or something. Maybe I'm putting words in his well, mouth. Well, I, I guess but... the way I look at it this is the way I saw it. Like I don't care if she carried them for ten months or ten minutes; they're hers. And mm. this is something she obviously had always wanted with Vision. The idea of that going away with Vision was probably harder than hell to let go of. It's why she kept the shield up. So I believe it. Yeah. I mean, like, do we believe hormones were involved? I, I, I know this don't, might sound weird, but like, because if we believe that, then it's absolutely true. I mean, ask uh, Lauren or Teresa, like the first day they had their first kid. I mean, like... I'm pretty sure Tracer or whatever would already kill and die for them, like filled with so much love. It's not even possible to be filled. I, I'm, I'm thinking if she had even somewhat like a hormonal thing, I think that she would love these kids as much on day one as she did, mm-hmm. you know, 30 years yeah. later. I mean, I don't know. It might be a different love. She gave birth to opinion. them. Yeah. Like literally. Right. Yeah. So that's why I think hormones would have happened. Again, I know that's not exactly what we're talking about, but that's my opinion. I think one day or a hundred days, it's, you love them the same, so. Like, I, during the fight, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can ever be, like, really, truly nervous for the safety of characters, either one way or another. Like, during the fight, I was entertained by the fight, but, like, I was genuinely concerned that the family, like, wouldn't be able to stay together at the end. Like, yeah. that was, like, the biggest conflict. I was, like, 
genuinely feeling nervous like oh my god i hope they why doesn't have to not bury your kids like dust break up whatever you'd call that her kids item yeah. atomized <laughs> yeah i in much the same way that what's disappointing about the Pietro storyline is it doesn't seem like we'll be getting much more of that character it's the same thing for the twins for me i think something about just twins in general translates really well entertainment value wise like it's just fun to watch we do get a little bit of like a tease at the end with the twins we'll get to that later but stevie do you like how the twins like continue to manifest their powers and just their characters and the child actors in this is this a strong point in this series for you i think it was because i don't think the show tried to hide them which is something they could have easily done after they were initially born or you say after the malcolm in the middle episode I like how they were actually used, and I also like their acting. I thought they were actually a really cool part of the show. That's why it was actually mm-hmm. touching when they were, you know, tucking them into bed for the last time. It was actually a touching moment because we actually got to know these characters. So, yeah, I thought it was a strong point. Malcolm in the Middle is kind of a four letter word around here, Stevie. Pappy I'm kind Malcolm. Of bitter about it. Yeah, it's, I have some traumatic memories of being called Pappy Malcolm in the middle constantly. <laughs> I was also bringing up the fact that uh, Corey and I and probably Josh were really looking forward to a 90s episode and they just skipped right over it to Malcolm in the middle so I thought that was the 90s episode talk- it's I mean Malcolm in the middle started in 2000 but so it was conceived 90s. yeah it was conceived in 1999 <laughs> that's like when they wrote it and stuff so Oof. Good, yeah, good you point. can conceive a baby. You can conceive a baby in 1999, but if it's born in January, it was born in 2000. I really just like that part too, where Wanda looks at her kids and she's like, "Kids take care of the military." That's a pretty good just one line mm-hmm. quote. We yeah. should mean oh, yeah. that. Do some stuff with that. Going back to Agatha Harkness's like origins, this is Wanda's doing, right? She takes them back to the 1700s initially, right? Yeah, uh, 17th century, probably. Yeah, um, gotcha. Total, no, I mean, it's kind of a forgotten power. She used it a lot in uh, Age of Ultron and hasn't really used it since, at least that. But I, it's crazy. It, like, it tricked me again. Like, the first time we saw Agatha, she's all, like, begging for her life. She looks like she's in a bad position. But in reality, she's got all the control and... It was just really, really well done. I thought that you were the one that mentioned it seemed like a straight horror, and I th- oh yeah, at the beginning of that. I episode, think it did yep. again and take us too into like more of their battle together because one of the like little details I really liked is how like legitimately gross Wanda's hands, yeah, and ultimately like her whole being and like face look look yeah. as like Agatha's supposedly draining her powers or something. Yeah, uh, I mean. They again, uh, Agatha gets the upper hand, and she, I think Wanda takes her back out. But either way, um, and they start fighting. Um, it's super cool, just like the Matrix fight in the last Matrix. I'm just kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things in movies and TV happened here, and I'm so glad it did. It's like when someone uh, pretends to be hurt, like they completely uh, hustle the other person. Like, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for uh, Wanda to realize how powerful she was. And then when they throw that runes thing around, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing. I thought the whole scene looked amazing. 
uh, it seemed like they definitely spent their money well. I mean, a couple times when they get thrown through the air, it looked a little, I mean, you could tell it was computer, but man, it, it was just gorgeous. That red is just an amazing color. To see Agatha really beg for her life at the end was just really, really cool. It's like, I don't know. The person who's been terrorizing for the last two episode, t- episodes just completely brought down to her metaphorical knees. I thought it was the whole next five minutes this movie was incredible. So, I did love the runes thing. Like, I, yeah. I, at the time, I thought that was, like, oh, that's kind of a clunky and weird rule, but Chekhov's runes, they come Chekhov's back runes. at the end. <laughs> There's a little bit of a misdirection too because Wanda's tells her that she's like what is she she's like banning her to the hex or something. Like so, so, yeah, I don't know where Yeah, so be, is like, she like with the kids or something in some alternate dimension of the hex? Uh, uh Wait, who? Agatha? Yeah, sh- she turns her I thought Agatha was going to stay in Westview. Yeah, I thought she was permanently staying in Westview. As the nosy neighbor, that's how I read it. That she in quote Westview or Westview West, like, yeah, are they gonna be the real people? Are they gonna be with the real people? But she's gonna be that fake person. She's a fake person in the real people. Oh, that's because yeah, you know what? I didn't even put that together. Which is like super. It's obvious now. Terrible levels of hell from for her because she's, you know, been living life deliciously for the past four hundred some odd years, and now she has to be in Westview, New Jersey. If there are no runes to control her, is it just because she's she got all of her power yes. taken away, right? So now okay. she's in the upside down in Westview, New Jersey. It was pretty strange because we get like a couple episodes here of Catherine Hahn not being the like overly dramatic neighbor, nosy neighbor, and so we get moments with Catherine Hahn where she's not smiling as if she's about to stab you behind the back. She's just like saying it as it is, kind of. But when she goes back here at the last minute to like nosy neighbor Ag- Agnes, dude, it looked like her face was about to peel off the bone, like how smiley she was. It was almost like hard to watch. <laughs> Okie dokie. Yeah. It was super weird. And, you know, I didn't think I thought about that. But yeah, you're definitely right. It was weird. It seemed super unnatural, which it was, obviously, but it almost seemed like you could see her inner self screaming, you know. She still just had that fake smile. So, yeah, that's really cool. And I'm sure she'll be recalled at some point, too, right? Oh, like yeah. you're not writing her out forever. Even if it's just like a five-minute touch base in a movie where she's going to unzap Catherine Hahn for a little bit, get some important information, and re-zap her. Yep. Like, that, that could be really funny. Yeah, it'd be perfect. For sure. Is that too much Catherine Hahn for you, or is that the right amount, Brett? Eh, we'll see. <laughs> oh, five minutes? I can hit. No, she's... She... She's owed more than five minutes. She's talented enough. It's just an hour and five minutes. Then we get to be a problem. What'd you think about her in like full on witch form, Josh, full on uh, Agatha Harkness look? Because her look definitely changes a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I, I give credit to Catherine Hahn for just facial performance. Like she just looks like she has a completely different bone structure in her face when she's the witch versus when she's the nosy neighbor with the plastic smile. But I think this whole episode, like the main meat of it kind of culminates with this two on two battle ending because, um, the vision outsmarts or outwits white vision 
right? So White Vision kind of takes off and we'll get more of him in the future. There's this little fight where uh, Brett touched on it and Pappy talked about it. The Desu Machina runes save the day for Wanda and she's able to... Well, that's okay. That's that's not a day. De- that's literally not a Deus Ex Machina though, right? Because it's been... It, it, it fall, the episode falls on itself. Yeah. Chekhov's runes. That's my my mistake for sure. It's not a Luke Skywalker <laughs> showing up with no mention in two seasons. Absolutely. It's the opposite of that. It's good writing. All I'm really trying to get at right now is that Wanda is able to overcome Agatha Harkness. And so we have our victory, but Wanda has to put an end to the misery she's been causing. And we've been talking about it a lot. Like she knows she can't continue to keep these people captive. There's this little like five minute section that has a lot of heart tugs in it. But Stevie, did you like this section? Uh, like, Get us started on this conversation of the hex slowly moving back towards the center. The slow wind down? Yeah. I mean, it is sad, and, you know, the past two episodes have been so chaotic, and you are getting to a wind down part of the series. And was sad because, yeah, you realize that Vision and the twins are going to have to go. You know, it's just, it's what's going to have to have happen. But the fact that they slow played it so much I thought was actually really smart instead of doing it abruptly quick they actually really slow played it there's a lot of extremely sexual memes about Vision and his turtleneck that make me extremely uncomfortable (laughs) like what? I just like I don't know like Imagine what his vision dick looks like. Like I'd like to rip that turtleneck off type stuff. Like very, like oh, I said, very sexual. Like like he's like a dad, like a daddy type vision is like the theme oh. of the meme. Yeah, it's very, like I said, very uncomfortable for me. Paul Bettany is an attractive man. I just, I but I can't stop thinking about his vision dick. That's why it makes me so uncomfortable. Like, what does it look like? How long is it? High cheekbones. All those questions. I'm sure it's a vision. Probably. Josh, do you get really sad watching Vision and Wanda put their kids to bed for the last time? That seemed very yes. emotional. I feel like anyone that would have kids, anyone that would have like a pet, anyone that's been close to another person, like, hey, you're just going to bed, good night, but you know they're going to be destroyed overnight. It's like driving a pet to the to get put to sleep. Yeah, and I think this is me being a little cynical, but she spends like three more minutes with vision after this like she gonna use that keep the, yeah yeah keep the kids up have some popcorn make some snacks man they're not that tired <laughs> i don't know well you know did they did they need the alone time they weren't banging at the end it's or like anything. a band-aid band-aid josh everyone knows the 10 year old boys tend to fall asleep right when you put them to bed so i'm sure they didn't die alone screaming wondering where their mom and dads were <laughs> i think they knew what was going on though <laughs> Maybe it could happen. Like it was tough for me to send my. I, I had to stay home. I was working today, working from home, and my wife had to go to the dentist with the three kids, and like that was tough. Like some, like they're gonna be gone for like an hour, and some stranger, and they're gonna be like a little bit worried and confused. But this is her with their twins. Like they're gonna be gone forever. It's going to be strange. <laughs> mouse. Hands in their mouth. Super weird. Yeah, but the twins are going to be disintegrated and atomized before She'll in front of back. each She'll other. get them back. Uh, yeah. 
So anyway, the the hex circles in, and she put it on like a ten minute timer or something instead of just ripping the bandaid off. It works well for the drama. Not sure if that was great for Wanda's psyche, but she does get to say goodbye to Vision again. He, Vision dies. I've been counting. I think this is the fourth time Vision's died in the MCU. Pap, they kind of make some. He says something poetic about it here at the end, right? Like, I don't remember what he says. I've, oh my I've God, been a memory. That. I've been a computer chip. I've been a Nintendo game. Who knows what I'll be <laughs> next or something? A Switch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a Smash Brothers character for a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me make out hardcore while he vanishes. Yeah. I think that's sweet. I have been a voice with no body. A body but not human, and now... A memory... made real. Who knows what I might be next? And Abby still think of his penis. I can't hide, dude. I saw, like I said, I got some, like, a weird, weird Twitter thread, and it was like a car crash where I kept looking at it, and I couldn't <laughs> get away from it. You guys weren't there. You don't know what I've been through. Okay. <laughs> Have some empathy. If you had seen that Twitter thread, you'd be acting like I am right now, just like Wanda and Captain Rambo. Have empathy. <laughs> Pap, pampathy. Are we going to talk about Hayward at all? I was going to say, do you think someone that powerful is just going to, like, get neutered at the end and just go down without a fight? Or, like, you think he will? I have no idea. He seemed pretty disposable. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, Maybe. but they built, which is crazy because they built him up, kind of. I mean, this assault on the Hex was, like, pitiful. Stevie, what are your like, thoughts on Hayward? they were never even close to in trouble. Stevie, what are your thoughts on Hayward? Uh... On the Matt Gates lookalike, um, Pappy hated him. I thought he was such a, a freaky deaky dick turd. Um, as far as the MCU goes, I think he's extremely disposable. I think this is probably like the last we'll see of him. To me, it just seems like they needed another character to build somewhat more of drama in the show outside of Wanda's grief. I don't see using Hayward much more going further. Are they trying to get like to make like a younger Alexander Pierce from Winter Soldier? Because that was not like because uh, what's his name? Robert Redford was like awesome as that bad guy, Alexander Pierce. So I don't know if they were trying to make him, but he was like a quarter of that. We'll, we'll probably see that character in Winter Soldier and or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Alexander Pierce. Yeah, I think he is listed in it. No, I meant like another character like him or like his predecessor. Mm. That'd be cool. My thing about Hayward is I know, like, Brett, you like to say, like, it's in the script, so it's that way. I just, like, I don't know. like I just look at it in a different way where I think that they're choices, right? All of these things are choices. I think the only reason that you have Hayward is, like, a mechanism for white vision and to make Wanda not the principal bad guy of WandaVision. And to make a, a white man a bad person. I don't know. Does that Which does that really bother? Me. Does that bother you, Brett? No, okay. I'm just joking, but not joking at the same time. So it does bother care. you. No, I don't. He did look an awful like you know a dickhead guy from Florida. That's all I'm saying. 
He's way too clean cut and good looking to be from Florida. Sorry, Florida people. I'm just Dang. messing. It's just weird because we reviewed a movie with literally 30,000 extras and the only brown skinned ones were orcs and you didn't think that was a problem. But we have a movie where the not the not only there's more than one white man, but one of them happens to be the bad guy, and you have a problem with it. It's just interesting. I didn't say I had a problem. First of all, it was a joke. Second of all, you said it wasn't a joke. Not, no, I said I was no. It's a, definitely I'm joking. But then I said I don't know what Disney was trying to do. If you think he was like disposable, what's the point of him being in there then? I hate Hayward. I've been saying that the whole time. I think he's a fucking shitty character, and he's dumb, and he's obvious and shallow. I think the show would have been way better off if you just had Jimmy Woo trying to investigate this thing the whole time. He's the lawful good. He's the FBI. He's like, I don't want to do this to Wanda, but I've got to arrest you because you've been torturing a town full of people. I, you I need think to... they want him to be a good guy, though, like a good fan favorite. But he is being good. I don't. Yeah, I guess you still need a way to get White Vision in there. But I just think he was very, like, he wasn't a character. He was a mechanism. The whole show. He had no depth. White Vision. Why can't it be Black Vision? At the end, he's like... I just want to be thanked. His whole motivation is I'm going to return the vision and then I'm going to get the biggest thank you ever. Do you want in Jimmy Woo? That's literally what he says. <laughs> yeah. It's and stupid. I, I agree with you now, Pap. I've been fighting against that and I felt like there is room for depth. But to me, he jumped off the deep end when he like steps out of the car and tries to unload his pistol on the twins. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. He goes from like guy who's like, kind of logical but has to do the hard bad thing to child murder in like 10 seconds there right stevie i mean if you're gonna do something like that at least like make him say hail hydra before he gets like taken away <laughs> like it's literally right. one of the dumbest things about this show and i love this show mm-hmm. but the idea that a grown man like with his military experience his background you know how closely he's you know worked with rambo or and her mom and the fact that he just jumps out hot out of a car and tries to unload a magazine <laughs> at children. They were good shots, though. At children is insane to me. But it's like, it's, so it's like have the, if you're going to do something like that, at least like when he's getting cuffed, like make him bite his teeth where a capsule goes off and he says, Hail Hydra. And you're like, oh, okay. They've already done that. Like, well, I know, but you can bring it back again. Hydra's never dead. What is dead could never die of the crack. Exactly. No one's ever really gone. No one's ever really Star gone. Wars. There's so many things they could have done with that. And it's just like, oh, no, this grown man just tried to murder children. Like, And it's just like we have the entirety of WandaVision now. And like I'm, I'm not being like facetious or hyperbolic. There is no other gear he's ever in other than asshole. He's only an asshole <laughs> the whole time. There's nothing interesting about him. And he has no motivation. Like I said, he just... I'm going to get the biggest thank you when I return this white vision. Like He's nice in the first episode you see him in. Barely, barely nice. Uh, he's like keeping her at like arm's length. He's not letting her in. Like From the whole time, we've been saying he's a bad guy. Yeah. I had hope for him. I think what Brett really wanted was for some guy, like one of the townsfolk to have an open carry firearm on him and him... What state are they in? In New Jersey? Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> that one guy had one in California, though, in Boogie Nights. It could happen. That's in the freaking 70s. That's true. <laughs> All Brett wanted was the good guy with a gun to take out Hayward, and we were solid. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't shoot the... That's the military, man. They don't shoot the military. 
Marvel's getting itself in a bind here. They basically have to do credit and mid-credit scenes or else people are going to be pissed. But here they do a double whammy, a mid-credit scene where Rambo is approached by a scroll, scroll! I guess. And uh <laughs> she's got to take she's got to take Rambo to heaven. She points to heaven and that's where they're going to go. They're going to die, kill each other, go to heaven or something. Scroll! And- scroll! <laughs> I love that. And I actually really like the ending with Wanda. They're in like oh, yeah. some Norwegian Whoa, Josh. sort of what? You're just gonna skip over the scroll and like what it could lead up to? No, I scroll! said it pointed to heaven and they're gonna kill themselves. There's a suicide. Is it going pack. to Captain Marvel too? Is it Captain Marvel? Yes. Like that's definitely the lead up for Captain Marvel too, and the where we're probably gonna see Rambo next. So like flashing forward a few years from the first Captain Marvel? Is that what you're saying, Stevie? Yeah, I think that's where we're gonna see Rambo next and definitely probably in a pretty significant role after this uh after this show. How much de aging is gonna happen to Samuel Jackson in this movie? <sighs> Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he looks as good as Luke Skywalker did in the Mandalorian finale, I'll be oh, happy. Oh, get off it. <laughs> nope. I hope Never. it looks as good. I hope it looks as good as Robert De Niro in The Irishman being young, air quotes young, beating up that guy, which is the worst thing I've ever seen in a good movie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Brett, because they kept calling him the kid in that movie, and he looks 75 <laughs> years old the entire time. No, I, no, but you're right. No, but the best part is he's supposed to be young, beating this guy up, and he's literally an 82 year old person. He has half a hip like, trying to obvious. kick somebody, and it looks awful. Oh God, it's like, oh man, they they worked so hard in that movie. Why could they have not done something better there? Okay, sorry. All I'm right, done. Josh, hit us with the great ending now. They're in those upper European countries, right? Like Finland. The Scandinavian yeah. Nordic countries. Matt Troll yeah, country. Who's it, probably. This is up where Matt Troll is for sure. And Wanda is like got a doppelganger version of herself. Astral form. Yeah, her like just chilling. Actually, you know, like when you first see it, you're like, okay, this is what Wanda needs. She needs to just be drinking cocoa, taking in her grief slowly maybe living by herself for a while just soaking this all in but pappy the the camera pans past this version of wanda and what do we see like in her back room yeah so i get she's like astral or astral projecting or something she's like sitting crisscross applesauce i believe uh in her full on scarlet witch uh, outfit and reading like the Book of the Damned like very quickly dark hole. or whatever dark yeah, hole. very quickly dark hole uh, it's called the dark hole <laughs> hold dark hole oh okay dark hole is a different the, she's reading the brown hole as closely <laughs> as she can quickly as she can <laughs> that's what I was going for <laughs> uh, but yeah it's I don't know it's it's a cool shot and it's ex- exciting shot because I, again I get kind of the sense that she's she's not the pure good character that she's gonna play both sides that she's going to be interested in bringing back her family but we hear I don't know which of the twins maybe both of the twins yelling mom help and then that's the end of WandaVision so definitely like we predicted setting up for something uh, Doctor Strange 2 she's definitely bad because she tortured thousands of people right Pat I know. I think we should just forgive her, man. Torture is not a big deal, dude. If I <laughs> if I could torture people, I would. So you know, <laughs> I understand. Good lesson, kids. 
I uh, completely thought this last scene was going to go a different way, and I got super, like, the romantic in me got super... I was like, Vision's going to be back there, the new Vision, and uh, which would have been, like, a finality to the show, but instead, it's probably way better. It opened up something else, but I thought that she was going to be with the Vision that combined with the other Vision, but, yeah, I was way off. Stevie, do you feel the same way, like... Going into this show, I could not care less about uh, Wanda Maxoff as a character. And now coming out of the show, I'm, it's all I'm I want. really in, into Scarlet Witch. Yeah, exactly. This show is 100% successful. Like I, in I was talking to Josh a little bit earlier. I think Wanda's probably on the popularity, like is probably as popular, if not more, like, on the same level as Thor right now. And powerful I think she's gonna be, in universe. She's going to be like like one of the biggest Halloween costumes come this fall oh, if like COVID's yeah. taken care of. But but would she is she as popular as Don Corleone from The Godfather? <laughs> Not quite. I give them both five stars. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Just want to make sure I, we were on the same page. Yeah, this kind of sell out the costume. I think the old school costume and the new school costume are both going to be massive sellers if if we have Halloween this year. I really love this ending just for the fact that kind of what it opens up the door for, which I think is, Pap, I think you're onto something about like her being villainous. I think she's probably going to be the main antagonist in Doctor Strange 2. Because mm-hmm. I, could see I think she's going to tear the multiverse apart looking for her sons, and it's just going to cause chaos. So you think that's maybe when Mephisto will come in and... Uh... I'm not exactly asking you because you weren't in our, our conversations. I just don't know. like, Because they said that she's more powerful than Doctor Strange when she's like that. So I don't know if it's going to be like a three-way thing where they're all battling each other and then the winner's going to get like the Scarlet Witch on their team. I don't know. Because <laughs> we've been talking a lot about Mephisto. Like there's a lot of Easter eggs for Mephisto in the show and they never mention him. So it's like we either were all wrong, which is definitely possible. Or they're setting him up for like the long con he's going to be in for the Doctor Strange, which I'm really looking forward to. I, I don't know enough about like the MCU to, to even have ever made you know like a prediction like that. I know a lot of us were saying that like it could potentially be Mephisto, but like Kit Fisto or whatever it is. Like the only thing I know, <laughs> right my the only thing I know for sh- <laughs> the only thing I know for <laughs> sure are like. That guy who does like the new Rockstar channel and all those like talking heads who have been like analyzing every like sentence, those guys are buffoons. Those guys look like fools after all of this. Like and I felt I feel bad because there were like tweets from the director and people on the production staff like having to like calm expectations, being like, Look, like you're not gonna get like what you think yeah, you're gonna get. Freaking relax. Like yeah, it's crazy. And like I, I know I've been like shitting on the Mandalorian a lot and it's not going to be like a bit going forward, but I think like that they're really, they're really, yeah, we, Clapton is holy ground. I'm not going to bring the Mandalorian up to making fun of Eric Clapton. That's way too good of a joke, but <laughs> like, Josh, do you agree? Like, I, I, I don't know what the reaction is, but this is just better. And I, I hope that we don't live in a world where people who have Twitter accounts and like people who are incentivized by the YouTube algorithm to predict the most extreme and crazy things possible are writing these stories. Like that's, I was like so relieved that we didn't have a big giant reveal, I guess. I just, it just reminded me, I, a guy, a random person on Letterboxd liked my review and his review of WandaVision says, Kevin Feige 
just put every fan theory YouTube page out of business. So, like, I think you're right. It's like all these people were racking up views, talking They're about buffoons. all this crazy crap. They're frauds. And then it's just super, like, they tried to tell us early on, I feel like they tried to tell us this is going to be a normal Americana type feel of a, a TV show and a typical MCU. And all these people were like digging deep into nine degrees of comic book lore. And <laughs> we did again, that a we, little bit. We entertained yeah. that. No, as well. no, yeah, no. Too, I mean, but... a little bit, but like, I, like Josh, I'll let you go in a second. But like, there was literally a new rock stars video talking about who the big cameo would be. And he had like on the screen, on the YouTube screen, a grid of like a dozen people from the MCU. And he was parsing literal parts of like Paul Bettany's sentences to say, well, this disqualifies this, this, and this person. And this disqualifies this, this, and this person. And the whole fucking cameo was just a big troll from Paul Bettany. Like, <laughs> troll! It's, Scroll! It's, em- <laughs> it's embarrassing. And I, I, and I don't want to live in a world where like, where what that guy or those people were saying like comes true. I think this is much, much better. WandaVision's was much, the clip much better. art of the video him looking shocked. Probably like <laughs> his hands on his face, like yeah, hands rubbing like, through big, his hair, like pulling his hair. Big out. red arrow around like <laughs> WandaVision for some reason. Like God. <laughs> okay, so there is this British journalist named Elliot Higgins. He had a tweet that said, WandaVision is a great example of why weekly releases are such a problem. Massive fan culture uh, online. The internet hive mind creates so many theories. It gets overhyped, inevitably di- disappointing no matter what, basically, is what he's saying. But I loved... I've brought up Jason Jason Concepcion on the pod before, and I love him. Yeah. And he his rebuttal to that is creating a, quote, water cooler show that fans love talking and speculating about is what every producer show is actually trying to do. Lots of fans theorizing about a show is a great problem to have. And actually, the sarcastic part is the next tweet. He's like, what we're really aiming for here is a show that nobody talks about. Sounds like <laughs> not a good idea for a several, several million dollar production to go forward with. So, yeah. What I would hate, though, is if these people were like, they built up something so much in their head. It's kind of like, I, I don't want to be like that guy, but it's like a little cancel culture. It's like they wanted something. It didn't happen. So now they're going to be like, they're going to rage and be like, what a disappointment. This mm-hmm. this all let us down. But like normal people like us were just like enjoyed it for what it was, which was just an amazing piece of TV cinema, whatever you want to call it. So and as long as these guys don't start rage releasing videos talking about how the MCU's dead, they killed it. And I mean, again, I guess if they want to go ahead. Mm-hmm. But well, I just one thing on your point, Josh, towards the weekly releases. I, this is an unpopular opinion to have, but I think Netflix is a dead man walking. I I just like when I look at like what Disney's been able to do so far, so quickly, twenty twenty one, so quickly, and dude, WandaVision ended today. They released a premium movie in, that you can buy in their app. That, that also came out today. So they have all of these eyeballs in the app. They're releasing their new Disney animated movie. You get all of that quote-unquote synergy. Friggin' synergy, yeah. And, like, people's price point for Netflix is so fucking low. Like, if Netflix goes up to $15, people would fucking cancel it. Disney has fucking in-app purchases for an app that you subscribe to, and no one bats a fucking eye. Like... They are so far ahead of Netflix right now. It's like I told you this five years ago, Pap, when they announced it, or four or five years ago. I said they're actively going to try and kill Netflix. They're going to win. 
They're gonna and win. they're gonna win. They're winning right now. They won the streaming wars last year. Like like mm-hmm. Disney won the streaming wars, and Disney Plus hasn't even been out for that long. But they're backed by Disney, which helps them. Netflix has been. In well, the debt other thing is too is Disney decade. has other things to dip into. Like there's no right. Netflix theme park. There's just right. No, and yeah. so I'm saying, I, I agree with you. I mean, Netflix has. I feel like is they're gonna be able to make content like their their shows. If they get buried by Disney, they're going to have to sell off those show ideas to other to yeah. like other companies. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so they're going to lose. They might eventually lose all their movies, but they still do good things. But you can't have a streaming service that just has a new documentary once a week and like maybe 14 new shows a year that are good. Yeah. Like that's going to go that's going to go under. Someone's going to buy them. Uh, not, maybe not buy them, but buy like those Disney. <laughs> <laughs> like Disney, yeah. But like Disney, but nightmare. I say like Disney can put Disney can put out their like triple A content and say you have to pay twenty bucks for it. Like what was that Netflix movie, Brett, that like got nominated for like a Best Picture and everyone thought it was gonna win a few years ago? Black Roma. 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 If if Terrible. if Netflix said you have to pay even seven dollars to watch Roma. People would say, "Go fuck yourself." I'm not definitely one hundred percent, and it wasn't terrible. It That's was pre-COVID, though, so it's a little different. It true. is, and true. there's yeah. a little bit of a difference too for the fact that, like, I, I, everybody knows I love Disney and I adore Disney uh, movies, especially animated movies. But I feel like an animated Disney movie is almost like an event, and I feel yes. like a Netflix release, no matter what the movie is, almost just it's almost just like you know a random Tuesday. You know, they're very non-comparable. So I think the idea even new Adam Sandler movie, I think the (laughs) idea of even paying for a Netflix movie on top of the subscription is just insane, which Mm. I would pay for an animated Disney movie. I'd pay for Hubie Halloween to your point, Josh, (laughs) but they're still putting out some, they're still putting out great content though. I mean, again, I think the queen's game was amazing. So I, I don't know. That's their, they're giving themselves a fighting chance, but I think what we all said is true. It's they're not they're gonna be they're gonna have to collapse under the weight of this pressure. And like Stevie always taught, like 80, 90 years of Disney knowing what they're doing. Yes. I mean, they know what they're doing. I mean, they just got hit by the worst year in Disney history and look how amazing their streaming service is. Like it's like we've we've been talking about it all year. They've been firing people and they're people are mad at them right now, but it's like, oh well. Here's uh, nine episodes of an amazing TV show. I'm like, oh, yeah, we love Disney. We forgot. I mean, they're amazing. Like, you could hate them, but they know what they're doing. On the other so hand, true. let's here's hoping raise a glass to Netflix so that it stays afloat. Yeah. And if this is the result that we see from Netflix and Disney being in competition with each other, this is a great mm-hmm. result for the consumers. True. Same. Yep. So Good job. Raise, raise a glass, a glass to both Netflix and Disney. I Raise All right, up. listen, guys. I'm going to give my yes or no first. I sent Corey's yes or no to the group mm-hmm. chat. Cue that up so we can listen to it okay. together. And I'll give my yes or no. So this is Josh from Goshen. I guess with my final thoughts slash yes or no. Just... Wait, sorry. Before you could start your yes or no, are we doing for this episode and the series or just this episode? Or Both. Yeah, sure. Both? Go with both. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> go with they're all gonna be yeses on the series yeah that might be yeah sure let's go with both so i'm i'm a yes for both huge hard yes for the series hard yes for this episode um i had a secret theory that maybe someone from wakanda 
someone that has maybe passed away in real life maybe could have been resurrected here in this. Uh, it didn't happen, and none of the other huge theories happened. And you know what? The episode is probably stronger for it. We got to concentrate on the characters that we've gotten to know in this series, and I think that's really strong. Um, I know that we've made fun of a couple individual lines from the series about the writing, specifically like... We may we kind of pan the what is love, but or what is grief, but love persevering. We kind of panned. You don't get to make that choice for me, do you, Wanda? But I think Disney is buying some of the best writers out there, and we get to see that result on screen. It's amazing, huge yes. Uh, the only thing I'll say is I'm open to doing a pot on and just crapping on winter soldier when it comes out, if it sucks, like I'm not going to go into it with any sort of rosy glasses at all. I think it'll be funny. <laughs> so, uh, I hope it's good, but if it sucks, we'll give you the honest truth about it. Let's go from west to East now with the rest of the people. Ooh. And we didn't get Kylo, one of our comic experts on this pod, but you know what? We do get to listen to his yes or no. He was kind enough to send that in, even though he is recording a different pod tonight. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. Hello there. General Kenobi. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Corey with a pre-recorded yes or no for WandaVision season finale. Quick question, though. Has Pappy brought up how he doesn't like Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian yet? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's a yes for me. This is a really good episode, and it's about what I expected in terms of the big finale. Uh, we got to see our, you know, our main hero, Wanda, face off with Agatha, and that was pretty cool. Had a time moments. Uh, but a couple of the high points of the episode overall for me were uh, Wanda saying goodbye to Vision. That's a big one, and I think is going to get talked about a lot, probably memed a lot. Um, but there's another small thing where Wanda does like the Age of Ultron high-speed, super creepy walk over to Agatha, and she does the little mind control thing. I think it was really nice to see that as well. It's just kind of a cool little touch, something that she was doing at the very beginning of her introduction, and we haven't seen since then. I like that. And I also liked Wanda's new sweet costume. I'm going to just take a guess and imagine that you guys are divided on that, but I think it's pretty cool. Um, I'm sure you guys have talked about this already as well, but I feel like some of the fans might be let down by the lack of like Doctor Strange, Mephisto, the Fantastic Four, fucking My fister. Batman, <laughs> or whoever the fuck people wanted to show up here at the end. I was kind of anticipating that as well myself, but I'm not really mad that it wasn't there. I still do think mutants are coming and will be directly related to the events of this episode and this series overall. But we'll see. And that's pretty much it. Uh, my only regret with this episode is that the two Visions didn't become best buddies and start fucking shit up together with Double Vision by Foreigner playing in the background. <laughs> that's a missed opportunity. Nice. Uh, but anyway, it's a yes for me. I enjoyed it. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Kylo. He was coming. It's like he listened. Yeah, it is like he listened to our pod, even though he totally didn't. Uh, going from he had some great points there. Going to the wise man, <laughs> he's coming out of Simi Valley, California. Our good pal Kylo, Corey, Rem, 
memes, whatever. <laughs> make sure, yeah, make sure you're subscribed to Big Dumb Movie. We actually haven't talked about them at all. Yeah, because they don't. Uh, we don't like to give out free advertising to people, but he is a friend. So, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> you should. If you like spoilers, you should also be subscribed to Big Dumb Movie. Like double your content of us. It's great. Yeah. yeah, Kylo and myself personally started out as just people that listen to each other's pods, and now we're just like legit good friends, and it's a good feeling. But anyway. Let's go from Simi Valley back to Louisville, Colorado, to you, Pappy. Yes or no, me? Um, yeah, so quick. Yeah, yes for the finale. Um, yes for the series. The things that I've like focused in on in terms of Hayward, that's a pretty small complaint. I mean, it's it's a pretty generic complaint, too. A lot of shows have <clears throat> problems with, with their bad guy like that, and the MCU has had lots of bad guy problems. It's not the end of the world. And the the Captain Rambo reaction thing, that's another thing I focused on. That's not the end of the world either at all. Like Overall, when I think about WandaVision, these last few episodes were, were, were pretty good, but I'm going to always remember sort of the initial premise and how just like fucking strong those first five or six episodes were and how captivating it was and how smart it was that, you know, thematically, this is the MCU coming to not television, but streaming and what's essentially now television for most of us an homage to the great television shows of the past and then making me care about two of my least favorite Avengers. That's such a great, fantastic trick the what is love but grief or what is grief but love persevering or the other way around whatever it is like that's actually a really good line um i know we did chill on a little bit but it is really good really strong writing i thought that the last podcast that we did so episodes seven and eight were maybe a little bit of a dip in terms of overall quality but this like finale came back i think it's like on par with a lot of the stuff we saw at the beginning so yeah hard yes i like wandavision quite a bit um and one last thing, too, and I'm just going to say it one more time. Please, Disney, if you're listening, Bob Chepik or whatever your name is, we both went to Indiana University. We're, we're co-alumni together. Please hear my plea. Not everything needs to be Cameo City. Don't listen to these fucking buffoons, idiots on YouTube. Just keep telling good stories, and it's paying off. People love this shit. Just tell good stories. That's all that matters. Hard yes for me. I think five spoilers are IU alumna, correct? We got a few. Five spoiler men? I think. Yeah, so do it for us, guys. C- Whoever you Come on, to, Bob, listen to the CEO of Disney is went to our college. Bob, listen to us. We know. Just tell good stories, buddy. Listen to Mark. We Cuban. all hung out at Nick's. We are all cool, man. Just do it. <laughs> Yo, geez, rest in peace. Stevie, coming from Louisville back into Elkhart, Indiana. What do you think about this series and this episode, man? Man, this surpassed all my wildest expectations. I was not looking forward to this at all, like Pappy said. (laughs) This show made me care about two Avengers I could not care less about. And I hate to bring up Thrones, but I feel like I just have to. Something in my brain just tells me I have to. Mm. Shows like these are... You know, you can start off great, but sticking the landing on any show is incredibly hard. It's incredibly difficult, and it can just be detrimental. I mean, think of it this way. Thrones was the most popular show in the world for so many years. And after the last season, no one has gone back and watched those shows ever again. And they can't get anything related to it, even off the ground at HBO. Like, it can be insanely detrimental 
And so like Josh and, Josh and uh, Pappy brought up, the writing is great on this on this series. It's fantastic. The way they did the last episode was so measured and it made it actually make sense. And I felt like it was just a great way to, if this is the last you know, episode they do on Disney Plus, I think it's it did an amazing job on it. So hard yes on the series, super hard yes on the last episode. I just love this show. So, yep, hard yes. Brett, take us home. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yep. Uh, this the show was definitely a hard yes for me. I think the all the things put together made it unique and amazing. I mean, uh, if you want to know our thoughts on that, listen to our other podcast cast episodes on this. This episode right here was like everything to me. I thought it was amazing. Um, I mentioned two scenes earlier, but three scenes in this. I mean, I don't know if they nominate Emmys for this, but I think they were like some Emmy winning conversations. I, I don't know if it's the romantic in me. I know I've said that twice, but I am kind of romantic, but I thought the writing between vision and uh, Wanda and even stuff with the kids, I thought that was all a plus uh, super hit home. I think every line hit personally, but um, super sad, super well. I love the rune scene. I love that crap. I thought it looked amazing. And then, like I said earlier, I think the scene where the visions are going back and forth, trying to logic out logic each other or logic each other was amazing. This is a hard, hard, hard. Yes. Uh, just killing it. Just awesome. And we actually have one more surprise. Yes or no. Coming out of South Bend, Indiana. PK. PK. What up spoilers crew. It's your superhero correspondent PK. I apologize. I couldn't make it for the last two episodes, but last episode I would have gave him both a yes because they were great like always and I told you so about Agatha sorry for the noise I'm driving um the finale was fantastic I think some people would be disappointed because you know they bought into the big fan theories and rumors about some crazy cameo coming but um I loved every scene with Vision I loved the scene when when he kind of broke down what white vision is and how they're both vision and both not vision. I thought that was so cool. And my favorite scene, though, was the actual goodbye scene with Wanda and Vision. And it was just the music, the cinematography, the the context. It was so good, so emotional. Um, Seeing her become the Scarlet Witch was amazing, but also kind of terrifying because that post credit scene, you know, it looks like she's going to potentially lose herself in the dark hold and I think she's going to be uh potentially the villain or one of the villains in the next Doctor Doctor Strange movie, so I don't know. We shall see, but yeah, it was great great series. Fantastic start to the MCU uh like shows and series. I can't wait for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hopefully we can pot about that. And also, I can't wait for the Snyder Cut, even though I probably won't like it all that much. But I'm excited. So thanks for having me on. Hopefully I'll be on more uh, in the future. So thanks, guys. Thanks, PK. Um, Before we get into the final, final part of the podcast... Just want to say thanks for everyone sticking with us through all these episodes of WandaVision. If you like that we do TV shows, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram or sign up for Patreon or something. That'd be awesome. 
But guys, I do have a question for you. And whoever <gasps> whoever wins, I want you to take us out. You get the final, final say of WandaVision. You get the last word and toss it to Spoiler Man. But we'll go east to west, taking us all the way back. It's, it's a little bit of a test of memory here, to be honest. But I think it's episode four or five. They show the Westview sign. What is the population of Westview mm. in the show. Oh, fuck. Crap. So I guess the actual uh, question is, how many people did Wanda, like, <laughs> torture? Torture and enslave? <laughs> yeah. Understandably, torture and enslave. 2108. Oh, that's a good guess. Um, uh, Actually, 30... Stevie, Stevie's up. I believe. Okay. Going Sorry. east to east, Stevie. Ooh. What Brett say twenty one oh eight? Yes he did. Yep. Alright. I will say twenty eight oh one. And Pappy, before you answer here. Yeah. You a couple years ago, mm-hmm. in a very uh, solemn moment, took me to the side and you're like, dude, you need to stop being so mad and talking about the Last Jedi all the time. Oh, so you're saying I, I can I can shit on the Mandalorian for literally two more years, and then you can have that talk with me? Is that where <laughs> no, this is going? No, you told me, hey man, it's gone far enough. You need to let it go. I remember that. And I'm just wondering, I just wondering, like, hey man, this whole thing with like Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian, like maybe it wasn't the best thing, but maybe it's time to just let bygones be bygones. Would you like to give your guess for Westview, please? Uh, I, for that, six more months of Luke Skywalker hate. Star Wars fans are dumb, dumb babies. Um, I'm going to guess 3569. <laughs> dumb, dumb babies. Star Wars fans. I'm going dumb, dumb babies. You're actual, is it New Jer- Westview, New Jersey, right? The yeah, actual yeah. population, yep. according to WandaVision and the sign that we see, is 3,800. 90 yeah happy you're the winner you get to talk about luke skywalker trash on him for another six months give the last word talk about what's down the pipe toss it to spoiler man anything you want to do to finish out the episode um i'll just say yeah what's coming down the pipe we have a patreon exclusive matt stevie's favorite movie of all time he won't have to host it he just has to talk about it Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. So for any amount of money on the Patreon, you can come check that episode out. Uh, still got some more requests coming down the line, and we alluded to it earlier, but not a, not Stevie's favorite movie, but a Stevie host. One of Josh's. We got off the episode, and Josh said, that might be one of my favorite recordings ever. <gasps> Ma- maximum Overdrive. <laughs> so fun. Coming to a podcast feed near you. Young if you Guns haven't 3. seen the movie... If you haven't seen Maximum Overdrive, I urge you, I urge you to find it and watch it and listen to our podcast. You'll have a great time with it. But with that, take it away. Hey now. Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. It's Spider-Man! Spoiler Man here. 
please consider going to patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Special thank you to our patrons. Nick. How is she controlling you? Brother Brian. This is my man cave. Place to chillax, you know. Matthias. You fan of Steven Seagal? Druid King. Boner. <laughs> Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. If you die during like an appeals process, I guess you say the original charge goes away. It's a really stupid Massachusetts law. I don't know. I feel like maybe technically you could be sued because he was never found guilty. And like you know that. Aaron Hernandez was found guilty. He just appealed it and killed That's himself true. during the appeal. You could probably get away with it. But uh, Josh, we're talking about if anyone would like Eric Clapton had he not had his son die. Uh, I would say no. No. <laughs> yeah, he really uses that too. As a yeah, shirt. his most yeah. famous song is off that shit. Like the most famous story of Eric Clapton I can even think of, other than him being a fucking like racist tool, is, is his like, son dying. Well, okay, one, his son dying. Two, like gotcha. he heard Jimi Hendrix like playing, like he played a song, and then Jimi Hendrix played a song after him. And apparently he just like stomped off like a little bitch and had like a nervous breakdown because Jimi Hendrix was so good. Like that was his reaction to seeing Jimi Hendrix. He got all insecure and pissed and like stomped away. And like probably didn't help that Jimi was also black. I was just going to say he got bested by it. That's I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. He's like, you never told me he was that fucking good or something. Untrained, (laughs) untrained military vet, Jimi Hendrix playing the breaks off Clapton makes me happy. I mean, I think Clapton like considered him considered himself the best guitar player. But I worked so hard. Yeah, Clapton to me seems like he was like classically trained and worked his ass off. And Jimmy is legendary for being such a natural goddamn talent. Let's not say that Jimi Hendrix didn't work his ass. Off. I think he no. basically lived with a guitar in his hand. Like yeah, I mean like he's like way. he learned how to play. I mean a right-handed guitar lefty for crying out loud. I mean it's just. But hey, that's what I'm saying. Is like Eric Clapton is. Like, like we were we were literally doing side by side comparisons of he's a lazy fuck of Bob Marley's I shot the sheriff and his shot the sheriff and like Josh like like Eric Clapton has no idea what he's like singing about like he's just singing words and like you listen to Bob Marley's he's like performing the song and like in pain and all this stuff and Eric Clapton's just like saying it like normally like Jimi Hendrix like was creative and knew how to get new sounds out of a guitar. Eric Clapton was just like a good guitar player. You know, they're not even on the same fucking level of artist. That was spoilers.